Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode 32, the production of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Reverend Frater Jordan. And I'm Frater Jonathan. And we are here to talk about our lives in formation as Norbertines. First of all, we should start by saying, Happy New Year! And Merry Christmas! Yeah, we didn't get to say that either. Merry Christmas! <laughs> then Happy New Year! <laughs> It's been a while since we last put out an episode because we had Christmas and the Christmas season all in there. So we, as we told you last episode, extended this by one week so we could have some time to get together again and record and update you all on how things are going. Yeah. So I'll start. We were not in the same place over the Christmas season. I was up at St. Norbert Abbey and you stayed here in Chicago for your various commitments at the church you're at. That's right. So I was up at St. Norbert Abbey helping with Christmas decorations and things the week leading up to, well, the fourth Sunday of Advent, and then Christmas as well. So that involved decorating various trees around the Abbey, um, stringing some lights, and then the big decorating day, which is getting up trees and things and garland and lights up in the Abbey Church itself, which is a lot because when you have an Abbey Church that's huge, the decorations are huge, just takes more time, but it also looks great. So that was a really nice thing. I got to help out with music and things while I was up in the area. So I actually went to St. Willibrard Parish in Green Bay, where I used to help at, and helped with music for a Mass there for Christmas Eve Mass. And then I came straight to the Abbey, helped with music, sang as cantor, and sang in the choir for the Christmas Eve Vigil Mass at the Abbey. And then Christmas Day, one more time, sang as cantor and part of the choir for the Christmas Day Mass, which was delightful. There's wonderful Masses all around at St. Norbert Abbey. That's a lot of music. It was. It was a lot of music. My voice was telling me so come Christmas Eve that night before uh, going to bed. I was a little vocally tired, but still had enough for Christmas Day, which was good. Good, good. How were the masses for you here in Chicago? Um, They were great. So started the weekend off on Saturday before Christmas. Some teenagers with the youth group we did a service project at Marillac St. Vincent in, I think, Garfield Park is the neighborhood. And I think it was 11 of us, teenagers and young adults who help with uh, teen ministry, were helping moms and dads pick out toys that were donated for Christmas for their kids. So nice. that was kind of fun. And then went to the teen host and mass at Old St. Pat's Christmas Eve an all-teen choir, and they were doing the ministries for that Mass. Oh, right. And that's one of our previous episodes. You talked about the training and stuff for that. Yeah. For Masses like this. Yeah. Great. So that was fun. And my parents came down uh, because they usually come to the Abbey, but since I was in Chicago this year with uh, responsibilities at the parish and uh, just spending time with the community here in the house in Chicago, decorating the things too, it was fun to have them experience that. And so, of course, got to show them Millennium Park and mm-hmm. with the Christmas tree all lit up and people ice skating. And it's oh. like, I've never been to New York. Uh, like Rockefeller Center is supposed to be a really mm-hmm. cool place. This is probably second best. No. Nice. Maybe, maybe biased. I, don't know. I think it's great that your parents are able to come down so you could spend Christmas together in the city. I've not seen the Christmas setup in Millennium Park before, so that'll be something I'll have to do mm-hmm. in the future. When I was up at the Abbey, we had the community birthday celebration, which is fun because that means I was up there for the month celebration that I have my birthday in, oh. in December. It is yet to come as we are recording. Actually, my birthday's tomorrow. By the time you hear this, listeners, I will have already had my birthday. Oh, yeah. 
Happy birthday. <laughs> Is that what you're hinting at? I mean, what? <laughs> I just want to let that sink in for you. Like, what do you think about that, Deacon Jordan? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it's an insignificant birthday. <laughs> just 31. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fun. Having a birthday between Christmas and New Year's is great because it's just a busy time of year. So there's just all sorts of things to celebrate and have a good time. So yeah, Plus, I always get to be together with people, which I love. I definitely took that for granted when I was younger. When you have your birthday at this time of year, your classmates are all on break. You know, you're usually with family at some point in there. Mm-hmm. So it's great. You don't have to try and pull people together because you're usually together. Yeah. And mine's usually in Lent. <laughs> <laughs> so with this episode coming out right after New Year's, we, of course, as we were talking and preparing for this episode, couldn't help but talk a lot about resolutions because that's just what we hear talked about a lot right now, whether it's radio, TV, just people in our in our culture, in our country are talking about New Year's resolutions. The phrase that I actually hear said a lot, both positively and sarcastically, is New Year, New Me. So I feel like that's people, like some people actually really like, yeah, like I'm going to go for it again this year. New Year, New Me. Absolutely. And then some say like, yeah, right, because we all know that that doesn't end up working out very well. You know, so there's this optimistic and this realistic way of looking at that phrase. But when we talked about that, we talked about how in community life, we don't really use the word resolution. That's a word that we hear in society a lot. But in community life, the word that we learn in religious life that we talk about, especially as Norbertines, is conversion. And so that's ultimately what we decided to start looking at in this episode is talking about conversion. Because part of being um, in religious, and it's in general, I'd say, but we talk about it and pray about it a lot as Norbertines, is talking about our call to daily conversion which sounds great. It's this idea of constantly growing into who God has made us to be. What it's is... terrible. <laughs> I don't want to change. There is an absolute challenge to it. And for me, at least, if it's not concrete, I have this question then, what does daily conversion look like? Because you can talk about it all the time and ultimately not be doing much about it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to share with you today is just some of our own so reflections. So we're going to talk about it, so... not do much about it. <laughs> no. That's pretty great. <laughs> So we're going to talk about it in a way that hopefully will draw us to active ways of responding to our call to daily conversion. Right. <laughs> Here's hoping. God help us. Here's hoping. <laughs> With God's grace. Absolutely. So that's the first part we're going to talk about. So resolutions, ultimately, we're talking about ourselves. When I make a resolution in the past when I've made them, it's things like maybe a certain diet type goal I want to have or a weight type goal that I want to have or... I want to run this race, or I want to do this by the end of the year. So or it's, learn this instrument, or mm-hmm. speak this language. Yeah, so yeah. it's typically related to when we make a resolution, I'm thinking, here's what I want to do, and here are the things I'm going to do to try and achieve it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good, good definition. So while resolution is about us... Conversion is about God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, need a, we need a video listeners Line. <laughs> deacon jordan had a big smile plastered on his face he's like i nailed it what's my next line <laughs> so conversion is it is about us and it's not about us there's some work and effort on our part but there's also um there's also a grace in which god is at work in us and what i kind of recall is both you and I, uh, Frater Jonathan, professing our vows. We have a formula of our vows, and they're slightly different, but pretty similar. So the vows that I professed in our constitutions, I, Brother Jordan, offer and give myself to the Church of St. Norbert Abbey, and I promise a conversion of my ways and life 
in community, especially in poverty, consecrated celibacy, and obedience. According to the gospel of Christ and the apostolic way of life, according to the rule of St. Augustine and the constitutions of the order of Pre-Montre, I promise this before abbot, the prelate of this canonry, and before this community. And you had something a little bit shorter, but Mine, similar. Right. Mine were slightly different. So when I recently professed simple vows, the language that we have for that is, I said, I renounce the world, and I promise a conversion of my ways and life in community, especially in poverty, consecrated celibacy, and obedience, according to the rule of St. Augustine and the constitutions of our order, to you, Father Abbot, and to the brethren for three years. And it's easy for us to forget because we don't we don't make this statement every day. Like it was a moment in our life, right? So like even wedding vows are this moment in life. And yet uh, our vows and this formula is something we should live daily. I know my presiding professor, Father Fregimini, makes the couple memorize their wedding vows. Mm. Because he's like, this is important. You have to live these every day. So maybe, maybe we should start memorizing this. That's a really good point. Because it's beautiful, the line, I promise a conversion of my ways into life. Like this is a mm-hmm. daily, ongoing, as long as I breathe on this earth, I'm called to conversion. Mm-hmm. Right? And, that, and that's a part of the Christian story. Mm-hmm. And so I think resolutions have a tendency to be this big thing. I want this to be a big deal. I'm going to run this race, achieve this goal. And there's something to be said about goal setting, but goal setting, sometimes we get caught up in the big conversion that we want to have happen or the big change or the big thing. Like we want to see, we want to see this big thing happen. And that's what we're focusing on. Instead of conversion is saying, I'm going to look at this daily instead of saying i'm going to get this big thing and how do i get there right mm-hmm. it's this idea like with a marathon when we train for a marathon you don't say okay i'm going to run a marathon and then you think about 26.2 miles all the time and i'll try today to do 26.2 and i'll try the next day and see how it goes and just eventually i'll be able to do it nope the training plan is things like today run three miles what how is three miles going to help me get- oh that was so easy <laughs> right i got this in the bank people don't really think that they actually often are scared most marathons don't even have you run beyond 20 miles and then you go and race 26.2 miles and there's reasons behind that but that can be a really strange thing unless we understand these things as this is the process of what conversion is Mm -hmm. so conversion is a lot of small steps but we have to remember every day to let it happen so right now as many of you know if you've listened to past episodes the last time i ran was the chicago marathon and I ran it on a stress fracture. Mm-hmm. So now it's just been a healing process. And by healing, it's been over two months of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Just sitting, not even walking. So I've been really good at watching Netflix <laughs> and reading and doing nothing. Right now, since school ended, I began physical therapy. And it's just these really, really small, tedious exercises for strength in my legs that after being a marathon runner, it's like, really? This is what I have to go through? So it's incredibly boring. But also after resting for so long, my habits have changed that it's also really, really tough to do them because I'm so used to just sitting around or lying around 
that to do any physical activity, to make any time for that, has been a challenge for me. So my good habit of physical activity every day, because of this injury, because of the need to rest, it's hard to get back in to that good habit or that daily conversion of making time to better myself. Mm-hmm. Right, that had become a, just a habit for you, that you were doing that all the time. We have these long chunks of time where things can go really well, and then we can fall out of that. And it's easy to judge ourselves and say, like, ah, oh, how did I get so far away from that really good thing I had going, what you were sharing, being in marathon shape, running regularly, looking forward to it, to then having this moment of saying, like, I'm struggling to be motivated to do this stuff right now. What's going on? And it's easy for me to approach that in an all-or-nothing way. I need to just go back to how it was and, boom, expect it of myself. Well, I'm going to keep failing when I do that, which mm-hmm. I think is the, the challenge that we all face when we focus on resolutions too much that way. Here's the resolution. It's big. I'm going to do it all or nothing. There's great hope and intent in that, but that's not the way that God calls us to make these big changes in our lives. There are moments that we need to make a big change and not look back, right. but the journey itself is made up of small conversion moments of saying, I'm going to just do a little bit today. Right. I think we give up because we become so frustrated in having the end goal, the big the big goal in mind. And when we don't see immediate results or progress, it mm-hmm. just becomes frustrated and we give up. Yep. Absolutely. Just, I'm done. I'm having a similar struggle with language learning right now. I've been working on and continue to work on learning Spanish to help throughout just the ministry experiences I've had. But I hit plateaus in my language learning. And so then I just don't have the motivation to sit down and study. And then when I do know, okay, I've done this before, I need to just sit down and set aside some time to studying, I expect myself to set aside a large chunk of time and really do some good intentional structured studying, studying verb conjugations, listening to something in Spanish, you know, sitting with different things and trying to understand where I'm at and add new vocabulary. If I expect that every single day, I've found that I actually just don't end up studying anything new in Spanish. And one day turns into a week, turns into a three weeks maybe that I haven't actually studied anything. When really all I need to do is just sit with one verb and maybe conjugate it in present and past tense and mm-hmm. say, hey, way to go. Like I did something today. Over time, that will grow. But just start with something small. At least I'm doing something then. Mm-hmm. And listeners might be wondering, what do you mean it's not a big moment or... It's these small, small things in our life that lead to conversion because we often reflect upon the great conversion stories of our saints or mm-hmm. uh, Paul of Tarsus, then Saul from persecuting Christians to becoming an apostle himself. Or in the case of even our founder, St. Norbert, it has a familiar story to that of St. Paul in which, in which people can relate to, in which it was depicted by artists and things like that. And the story from Vita A of the life of Norbert reads, It happened one day that Norbert was hastening secretly to a place called Frieden. He was dressed in silk, accompanied by a single servant. While on the way, a dark cloud overtook him. Lightning flashed, thunder roared, and much more inconvenient, there was no house for shelter nearby. Whole both he and his companion were unnerved, Suddenly, the terrifying sound and sight of a thunderbolt struck the ground, opening it to the depth of a man's height. From here streamed forth a putrid stench, which followed him and his garments. Struck from his horse, he thought he heard a voice denouncing him. Returning to his senses, 
and now repentant, he reflected on the words of the psalmist, Turn from evil and do good. Thus motivated, he returned home. Back home, caught up in the spirit of salvation through fear of the Lord, he put on a hair shirt beneath his outer garments, intending to do good deeds and penance for his past life. It's this image of St. Norbert, this conversion moment, which is probably a moment, a conversion moment, a big epiphany did happen. But what the story fails to tell is that there were these little moments building up to this point in which Norbert was seeing things within the church, within government, within his own life, which didn't sit right with his understanding of God, which didn't sit right with who God was calling him to be. And so it was these little exercises, these little moments, which built up to this big conversion, and which is explained to us in a story similar to that of St. Paul. Now, historically, we can't prove this happened at all. It most likely didn't. But it tells a human experience, a real story of a human conversion. Mm. And the other thing I hear you keep bringing up and what you brought up in both of these stories with St. Paul and St. Norbert is I think we as people misconstrue where the big moment comes from. So a resolution or when I'm just really thinking I got to make this change in my life, I'm thinking that the big moment is going to come from me. I'm going to do this starting now. Boom. I've made the change. When to me, hearing that story again, hearing that part of the story of St. Norbert's conversion, the big moment actually didn't come from St. Norbert. It didn't come from Norbert. It came from outside of him. What's actually Norbert's to do are the small conversion moments, to say yes to something each day, to be open to what we say to daily conversion. I think of like, let's say someone who uh, decides to quit smoking, cold turkey. So there's that moment of change. We would say in our faith that having that desire for conversion is put in us from the Holy Spirit. God gives us that power, that strength to do that, that initial, that tipping point moment. And then us and our daily conversion is responding to that and saying, I'm going to stick to that today. I still believe in that. I want to maintain that. So a person decides each day in little moments to not smoke. I'm still not going to. I'm deciding not to each day. But that big moment in these stories in our lives, we can't fabricate that the big moment's going to happen now. We can be open to it, but ultimately, like a crack of lightning as it's told in the story, it's dropped into us from God. It's given to us from God. We are given that strength to be open to new life. And then we need to do the small conversion parts by doing things in our lives to keep fostering that moment. Yeah. So I don't know, is it a good idea to have a resolution for the new year or to be open to just little moments of conversion to be open to that and seeing where God works or Mm -hmm. how how do we interpret this that's a great question I think part of it is just check what connotation you have with a word right so for me talking about a new year's resolution is trying to create my own big thing that I want to have happen versus letting God act in my life however I personally as I've been thinking about and praying and reflecting on this new year and something of that similar nature still in the spirit of conversion. What is it that I'm called to? I do want to resolve to do something more regularly. So in this case, I can use that same root of the word to resolve to do something differently. But I'm not looking at this resolution as I know this is going to happen. I'll change it forever. Maybe for some people, that's a way of giving yourself a long-term goal, like we did a marathon. But um, to look at all those as ways of saying, I'm opening myself up to God's 
guiding presence, God's loving guiding presence in my life? And then what are the small things, the small steps of daily conversion I need to be open to along the way to do that? And that's what I'm looking at incorporating in the new year, or just yeah, small things. That's great. I'm just looking to run again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great small conversion. Yeah. <laughs> You're not saying I got to go out and go run 20 miles on that first day or, you know, get back to where I was because... that's a temptation too right of Mm -hmm. what you know you're capable of and being i have to slow down and take it easy i have to work my way back into this right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as we begin this new year we encourage you to do the same Um, to be a new you to be (laughs) i'm just kidding no no that was the thing we said not to do (laughs) oh i missed the point (laughs) this is going really well (laughs) so we we encourage you to do the same, to explore what daily conversion looks like in your life. And that might have to do with physical behavior. It might have to do with you know daily decisions you're making in your life when it comes to eating habits, active lifestyle habits. You know, We've talked a lot about physical things. It can be emotional stuff too. That's a big part for us in religious life. You know, a small conversion to being open to things like, okay, today I need to remember that I don't need to worry about improving anyone but myself today. You know, not to think like, oh, I can improve this in community life and I'll tell that person if they just stop doing that, then, you know, we'll all get along better. Like, oops, that's that's pointed the wrong way. Daily conversion is looking inward and being open to where God's calling us to grow. And amazingly, those other things that sometimes bother us have a tendency to get a lot better mm-hmm. once we remember to look at our own daily conversion first. Or even spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we all say, and it's all true, that I need to pray more. But with that goal in mind, it's what are the little steps that are going to build up to that prayer? Mm-hmm. Am I going to take one minute a day mm-hmm. to pray? Read some scripture. You know? Yeah, I think it's a really good one because daily conversion with prayer, for me, feels very messy because I think that I've got to do it in certain places. Like, you know, go sit for the Blessed Sacrament and, you know, do certain things, do centering prayer. Or, you know, we have lauds and vespers together at certain times, but... What if I just let myself grow in prayer by just having a silent moment, you know, right when I arrive somewhere before I get out of the car, just a quick little inner prayer moment for all of 15 seconds and then go in, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of just rushing from thing to thing. Mm -hmm. That's daily conversion. Yeah. If you want to learn more about the podcast, go to www.norbertines.org, click on podcast tab, and we'd also love to hear from you. You can contact us by clicking on contact the podcast team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, give us some feedback um, on how we're doing and what we need to change. You can also like us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you, especially if there are certain areas or topics that you want to hear more about from us. Let us know. We're always looking for input from our listeners so that we can continue to grow in our podcast and share with you what it is that we're doing in formation in our own faith journeys and our vocational journeys. As we challenge ourselves to grow in daily conversion and being open to God's call in our lives, we ask for the intercession of our Holy Fathers, St. Norbert and Augustine. Pray Pray for for us. us.